welcome, 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 one and all. We are back with episode 99. Is this 99? It is 90 freaking 9. Oh my gosh. I am your almost 100% hype, Ricky. If you end up with <laughs> a number on it, it's 99% hype. <laughs> and I am the other professor, Ethan. Yeah, I literally just got back off a flight two hours ago from time of recording. Went saw my brother up in the Northeast. It was a very, very fun trip. Uh, Went and saw one of the highlights. We went and saw this this kind of uppity art place called Wonder Spaces. It's like tech art pieces, but it's very fucking up its own ass high art. I mean, it's cool to look at, but yeah. you can tell that if the artists were there, they like thought that yes. each, yeah, their piece was God's <laughs> gift to the world. And I'm like, no, a bunch of hanging lights from the ceiling is like a basic girl's room aesthetic, not a right. high art art piece. Cool to look at for five minutes, but so uh, this is gonna be. You know, probably surprising to all of you, but I do actually enjoy art museums a lot. I knew this about you. And I yeah. went to I went to the Modern Art Museum in Minneapolis, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> there was one one exhibit was, I swear to God, a pile of boxes. <laughs> and I'm like, modern art or trash you know, trash that didn't get taken out on time. Right. They just put like <laughs> they put red rope around it in a plaque and just yeah. like art. And you can tell, like, I, res- I respect artists. I respect their, their, like, I guess their work and their vision and stuff. But it's shit like that, that you know they sat in their apartment and for, like, like months. <laughs> for months. And then they're like, I got it. Go to Home Depot. Get snag one nail. Yeah, one nail. One nail sna- on a whiteboard and <laughs> put it in the middle, which was another exhibit, by the way. And you're fucking with Swear me. Swear to God. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just nail imagine. Nail on white. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just, I just imagine them sprawled out on the floor. 3 a.m. on a Tuesday, just, I got it. I got it. And they go to Home Depot, get three uh, medium boxes and stack them. And then they're just like, oh, this is it. My magnum opus. And then for some reason, the freaking Modern Art Museum calls them up. We need this now. Right. There, there's another one at that Wonder Spaces place that was, you know, those thank you for shopping white and red bags. Yeah. Someone made like a 20 foot one. Oh. Art. <laughs> gorgeous gorgeous art and it's Beautiful. literally it's literally just called bags i'm like really that they got a spot here in the, in dead center stage and wonder spaces yeah i oh man and i'm wondering how they fill that space up because it's just it's just crazy because you go to these museums and there's like a lot of like genuinely great art and like really cool things yeah and then you come across these kinds of exhibits and you're like what the fuck are we looking at <laughs> the other one cool piece that was fun where it's just this big wall of like rolled up papers and if it if it's white you can pull it out and the other side is red you write what you want then put it back in the red side and people you can pull out other people's and read them and the first one i pulled that was red that someone else had written on in really scratchy writing i'm tripping nutsack right now <laughs> i'm like yeah okay He's like, yeah this buddy is, this is perfect put that back in for someone else to read <laughs> Art's a weird one, man. But the show we're talking about today, many consider quite a piece of art. And I do. You do as well. I, I I do. I'm trying to, in my head, elevate it to that, to everyone's. Now that I've given it a little bit more of a critical eye, it is a fantastically solid show. What are we talking about today? Today, today. Well, that was weird. Today, yeah. The day. Of the day uh, of the now. <laughs> we are talking about Dara-ra-ra. Dara-ra-ra-ra-ra-ra. Yes. This, this show, it came out, blah, 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 I'm looking it up because I don't want to get the date wrong again. Get um, yelled at in our Discord. <laughs> a 2010 anime uh, by 
uh, Brains Base. Yeah, yeah. Who, who did? Who, who's done a couple shows that we've done that we've talked about in the past? I believe. Yes. Um, let's get some Bacano, which we actually want to put on the list of stuff. Spice the, and Wolf. It Inspector. Oh yeah, Inspector. Yeah. So Your Inspector. They it. uh Blood Lad. They have some really cool showings out here. Um. And they're all over the place in terms of like genre genres, and- yeah. So I, I don't know. First impressions of this show, it's wonderfully intricate, like in a way that isn't a hundred percent confusing, right? They so it's like I really think this show is like very, very, you know, I don't want to say high art because that just sounds so pretentious every time, but it's just like. It's so intricate, honestly. Yeah, and there are a lot of shows that will throw a bunch of shit at the wall, and from like a lore narrative perspective, you've introduced a bunch of things, but we notice with the shows that we review, if a show does something like that and it feels off, it's probably because they had too many things they brought up and couldn't close the loops, right? This show had that entire webbing mapped from the, the fucking rip. Like they knew everything that was going to happen. Yeah, I'm glad you said webbing because, like, for the first, I would say, 12 episodes, this is a 24 episode season. Yeah. And there's uh, Darara X2 is like the the sequel follow up. Mm -hmm. Um, But it felt like a web, right? You're seeing all this stuff from a different angle. Yes. There was a couple occasions where you'd see an event from multiple different perspectives. Or even something so simple as like, I remember in the first couple episodes, was it uh, Makido and Kido were walking up some steps and then you saw Senji and Enri in their own little confrontation. And that's when Enri joins their piece. Right. And then Senji leaves. So but you could just see someone walk by like, hey, get back here. And you don't get to see the context for that. Until three episodes down the line, but it felt very meticulously drawn out. Nothing felt wasteful, right? And and the great part about it is it was intentionally so. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like it was very, very intentional the way they did the entire show. Um, because the character who's basically pulling the strings is literally forcing all this to happen throughout the show. So fucking brilliant. And um, you know, I'm not gonna spoil anything just yet. I mean, we're literally like yeah, we, six minutes in. We gotta seven keep it fresh in, but, and light. Yeah, but it's just it. I think it, it truly is a masterclass in making a show insanely complicated because it really is complicated, right. but still have like a fun, cohesive, like overall story. And, and you know, there is a sequel, like we talked about, but even this one felt like fairly solid, like just an ending. Oh right? yeah, like oh. like you could have just not had season two and been okay with it. I felt I felt that the ending to season one was very like kind of almost tranquil, resolute. Yes. like you weren't seeing maybe the last thing. But we've talked in the show before about Eastern or Japanese storytelling. It there doesn't always have to be a neat bow. It's about the you know the journey thereafter could be the ending. Right, this person is now going away and doing something. We never may know what that is. Yes. Um, so the way I like think about this show is I think of it as a supernatural slice of life. Yes, 100%. Because it's like, it's so mundane and normal while having just like these random flashes of like insane things going on. And, th- and there's this phrase that they continually repeat. It's like everything changed, but nothing really changed at all or something, you know. Yeah. 
and that I'm not getting that exactly right, but essentially that's how it started. Is that like it was the strangest, most rare uh, thing that could possibly happen to anyone, but at the same time, it didn't feel special at all. Right, right, right. So the show was about kind of knowing that we're going to end up kind of right back here in 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 a way. Um, I think what they did, but it's with, like it's like beautiful. It's, like, it's beautiful. Like what they did by weighing down all this webbing both from narratives and characters and stuff and keeping all of that shit straight all the time did two things for me at least one the world felt so lived in right. like it w- it felt alive and breathing like you didn't feel like it was a backdrop to what you were watching and a lot of other shows like you're following the main character because of his one special story or her one special narrative this show felt like it had all the narratives all the time and right. you could run into them at any point, right? That made the world feel alive. And second, when you bottle chaos, it's a really fine line between they didn't know what the fuck they're doing and they knew exactly what they were doing. And yeah. they managed to bottle that chaos in a smart way where you didn't feel like, what the fuck is even happening right now? You're like, oh, this is the thing I saw or this is the thing yeah. they talked about. It all had a thread and nothing was disconnected. I, I don't know. I'm I'm floored at how they managed to keep all that shit straight. Right. And um, it's just like, I'm like genuinely pretty speechless about the show because it's just like, you know, obviously I've watched this a few times in, yeah. in the past and stuff, but I rewatched it obviously with a critical eye this time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Jesus, they really did just like knock it out of the park with this thing. But what I always loved about the show the most, like really it is this, the slice of life feeling, but it's like this, this built up tension through the music throughout the entire, like the, the musical the score soundtrack is legitimately the best I think of any show. Because and you notice how they pop between like the true slice of life, almost xylophony yes. to like this awesome, heavier jazz kind of chase yes. music that reminisced of like. Uh, like a great pretender, even a, even a cowboy bebop. That's exactly but, what yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, right. In a newer sense, like the great pretender had the, such a vibe, but this even harkened back further to what it felt like to me, like a cowboy bebop. Um, all the, everything was intense, but everything felt uh, with the music at least. You felt like it never rushed itself. Like it didn't start playing the jazz too early, so you oh shit, something's going down. Right. It always came in right when everything had to. Um, but like the city feels so vibrant and huge, but we're just like basically voyeurs looking at s- certain aspects of certain people's lives. Right. And how big is Ikeborkoro or Ikebukuro is like yeah. a large, um, Tokyo suburb. Okay. Okay. Cause so, I, I had no frame of reference. I know it was like part of the Tokyo greater area. Um, but I didn't know where, how big it encompassed. So like, cause that was my question, right? How big is this city? Or I this, mean, it's this, like, this perimeter. It's basically Tokyo. Right. Okay. Well, then, um, then shit. Yeah. Right. There's a lot and of room so, to work with. Well, because they, you know, they talk about Shinjuku a couple times, yeah. which is where Isaiah's like headquarters is. That's mm-hmm. another portion of Tokyo. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Makes but, sense. But yeah, so, you know, you got this kid, Mikado Riegamine. Who just moves to Tokyo to go to high school with Man, his your best name friend. sounds like a manga MC piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, and he just, he goes to he goes to move to Ik. I'm gonna get that wrong every time. Ik Buburko or whatever it is. Ik Bu- Bukuro. Bukuro. Ik Bukuro. Yeah, 
You know, <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like there's an extra syllable in there I'm missing. And anyway, and why? Because yeah, that's probably it. I'm adding and removing syllables left and right with this show. Yeah, he go he goes there for a change of pace, right? He he's always been in like kind of like the podunk part of Japan, like rural, rural, and he wants to. And he didn't just go to live near Kido, right? He did so just kind of happenstance. Well, so he was, you know, Kida uh, Masaomi had lived in his area and moved away like five years prior. Right. But they were still best friends. So he convinced him to come move to Ikebukuro. That's cool. And go to high school. But they're both seeking something, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Mikado's looking for like a spark or like something to make his life, I guess, better. Different. Yeah. Yeah. It's you not, know, even, yeah, like, not necessarily it's, better. It's just like, right. I wanted something that felt not the ordinary. And right. Masaomi feels like he's by himself completely because of yeah. all the stuff that happens with him in the past. Mm-hmm. And so he just wants, you know, to hold on to somebody. And like this, this show really is like, I think one of the most interesting introspections on like humanity and like the human condition that exists because you not only do, is there like really interesting psychologies and interactions between all the characters, but you have Isaiah just saying like, I love humans. They're yeah. there for me to like play with. And right. You know, he, he talked, he has multiple monologues about when somebody does something that he doesn't expect, like how much, like um, how much more fun that is for him. And like, and I think he set the backdrop up really well because while he almost kind of like us fancies himself a voyeur into like the human condition right we do have a lot of people who like the, the first time we meet them their philosophy is laid bare right um uh, shizo is a good example i hate violence but he like he's a guy who obviously resorts to it and you kind of see his backstory and you his philosophy laid bare is like, I just can't control myself. I hate the way that I am. Yeah. But I'm also the best at being this. Right. Um, and uh, what's what's her face? Uh, Naime, um, the long haired kind of older chick that is Senji's sister. Oh, uh, Namie Yagiri. Yeah. Namie is uh, basically, again, first time meet her. My love is a different kind of love laid bare right? right so we're seeing this showcasing of the interactions of a bunch of human philosophies and i like that the show it's weird they are so cut and dry about giving you what a character is about but that's not what they're there for it's the webbing it's the right, help exactly. thicken the webbing so they knew what they had here's the characters here's how they think let them loose like and they did it in a very creative way in that in that regard so um well, because you had mentioned before we started recording, like, you know, it's hard to remember all these guys' names because there's like 25 main characters, and, like, essentially. The, the true core is huge. Right. Like, this is not a show. And there's some shows we say it's a popcorn anime. Shut your brain off. Grab a snack. Grab a beer. Whatever. Just have a good time with this one. This one, you need to sit and watch. Like, I, in my opinion. I, I, don't, I don't know if you can mindlessly go through this one. I think you can, but it would be like, in affront to God himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think you would miss out on a lot of like, yeah. you know, the, they, they'll like hand out their, or hold out their hand and then, you know, you'd be missing the, the other hand grabbing them or right. you'd miss like An attempt somebody trying. in the crowd who, you, you know, see four, yes. four episodes later why they were there. Yes. You, right. Like yeah, you miss were- all the like kind of little like nods and like Easter eggs throughout the show. 
And I think, you know, obviously you can watch this and just have fun because it is just a wild ass ride. It is. I, I almost think that it definitely feels very first half, second half. At, like kind of because there's that time skip in the middle and you get a whole new but the thing is that whole quote-unquote new storyline for the second half they set up perfectly in the first right everything is there so i mean that's why i yes can you shut your brain off and watch it sure but i employ no demand of you <laughs> as your professor i implore you to reconsider yeah, please please because this this show has a direct correlation in my opinion to your commitment to attention and to your detail. iq if yeah. you have a low iq you won't like the show one wrinkle equals one like like <laughs> the more wrinkles the more likes you'll uh. have but no it, it really is it's a show that rewards you for watching it right. closely intimately and kind of keeping track because the show does the work to keep track and if you can keep up with the show in all its respects chef's kiss you walk away a happy smarter student i think you just be a smarter person. I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, why not? You'll grow wrinkles on the, on the day. Like, There'll it, be wrinkles it, growing on your wrinkles by the end of this show. Holy shit. The That's... title of this episode, Darara Will Make You Smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Darara Will Make You Smarter. <laughs> or it will steal your girl. I'm not sure which one we're going with yet. Well, if it's Keto, he's not stealing shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Keto's funny, man. He's like, he's like this ladies man or like an aspiring ladies man but even it's definitely got a vibrato when he comes to women but he does say at some point that when mikado came around this false vibrato that i have is becoming real he's helping me kind of what you were saying like he's been so alone for so long that that was his defense mechanism but now it's becoming actually part of him in a better way um so that I don't know. I think like to me, it's it's most of these characters are trying to figure out their place in the, in the world, right? Yeah. Like, of course, Selty does. Yes, right. Um, of course, uh, you know, Masaomi and Ryugamine both are are struggling to figure out what they're doing. Henri as well, right? She starts yeah. off as this character with no direction, no idea of what she's there for, right? Yeah. Um, and trying to figure out where to go. Even Shinra, you know, he, he's probably the only guy that has like an idea of what he wants, which is Selty. Yeah. But, you know, he's just kind of like, about it is you're not, right, he's, he's just like kind of this, I don't know, it's just like the, the show has so many characters that are just like so deeply like after something. Shinra, And then yeah, so yes. many that have no idea what they're doing. Right. And I, I think it's those that are deeply after something is a common thread of maybe that deep desire for something is correct, but that something shifts or the way they go about getting it shifts. And it's only through the interaction of other people that never would have in the first place is when you see the shifting occurs. People change each other in this show very heavily. Now, Shinra, I really liked his character for a couple reasons. My favorite is he's like an underground doctor. He's a guy who is very skilled at medicine that will kind of help you out with the unsavory stuff you maybe not want the cops and the ambulance and the hospitals to know about. Um, but he seems to like flip a switch. Like he's this happy-go-lucky, seemingly very emotionally in tune dude. And then the second he gets a call, he just boom, just shuts it down. Fucking work mode, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I found his character interesting because he all of his desires were very kind of disjointed from his actual work so i always wondered why exactly he went route of underground doctor um 
hmm, he kind of fell into it, but they don't really well, do I think a lot. His of- dad just like crackhead to be honest and yeah, like, really right. fucked him up oh yeah his dad made him fucking like cut people open at four yeah that's fucked man oh that's so messed up i mean i'd really say that's the only like negative to the show is you have this this four-year-old cutting salty open and like you know basically dissecting her yeah and then somehow lives with her for the next 20 years that's a weird and one. They like it? fall in love. Like, <laughs> of course, you know, Celtie's a immortal Dulahan, yeah, Celtic fairy. But it, that's the only like weird part of the show, and the only like I would say negative to the show. Um, In- okay, interesting. You think maybe Celtie's the whole mysticism of Celtie's background? You, you maybe find that as a negative, or no, no, no. her dating the guy who Thank you. was okay. cutting her open. Yeah, for because I actually went back and forth on that. That that the the mysticism aspect, the kind of the supernatural aspect, they they felt connected only because the narrative was so masterfully pulling things in. But you could probably have made. Could you tear out that mysticism in the show? Still would have worked. I think so. You probably have some highly trained individual seeking something physical that was stolen from them. And you can rip out the whole Celtic uh, fairy situation, and you probably still have just as good of a show on your hands. Did I say it add a little bit of flavor? Hell yeah, it did. I mean, it was still cool to have that there. Um, but I don't know. I- I'm trying to decide whether that was unnecessary or not. I don't think... I mean, unnecessary, yeah, but I think it, it adds to the show a lot because... I think the the true like idea of the show is even when you feel like, you know, nothing's ever changing or, you know, it's a, you know, doldrum days essentially. Or, yeah, right. Or like you're bored out of your mind. Yeah. There's just like, there's, there's weird things that happen or, like in the real world, right? Of course. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so it's like, you know, I, I just like, I really view it as saying like, don't take, um, take those like weird moments for granted like you can't right and, and it's just like of course they're using a you know a very heavy-handed method by saying headless rider you know <laughs> yeah, transporter right. but I, she's one of the, like the stronger characters actually she's very caring she like helps everybody in the series essentially yeah she really is people's guardian angels like in a lot of cases and i i guess what this trope is is something I actually really enjoy is looking at the philosophies of beings or characters that have outlived human lives, right? Uh, she's been alive for hundreds of years. You know, other characters, they just have a greater sense of wisdom to them or can have some pretty wild philosophies about humanity and life because they've been around longer than any other human on the planet could amass that level of experience, time, and wisdom. So to write a character in like that, but doing it in this way where you have some extra parameters from being a Celtic fairy kind of thing, I think that was very additive. And for a show about of clashing philosophies like this, throwing one in there that is just so far and beyond seasoned than any other character can possibly hope to be, I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, so here's a quote from Henri, the one I was talking about, like, yeah. nothing ever changing. What do you think a truly unusual life would be like? Something really unique. 
It'd be the kind of life where every single day, nothing new ever happened, nothing changed. The kind of life is truly unusual. I like that. Where, like, I mean, she's basically saying there is no such thing as a life that is just the same every single day. It can't be. And, right. like, letting that shit slide by you without noticing is, like, the true crime, you know, so to speak. If you feel like every day is the same, then you aren't looking hard enough. Because statistically, right. it's impossible nothing special is or, happening. Or I'd go here. a step further and say if, if everything legitimately is the same every day, that's something that's, you know, wrong internally. You yeah, should right. just do something different one day. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, I think it's, uh, especially like for us now, like in COVID world, maybe not particularly us, but people that maybe are still locked down and stuff like that. Sure. Like, go take a walk if you don't do that normally. Or, or, or watch some, if it's gotta be streaming, watch something you would never fucking put on and see right. what happens, right? Put something new in there because the people are saying, oh my God, that's like a one in a million thing. Run the numbers, guys. Yeah. One in a million things are happening every second all over the planet. Just because it's not yours doesn't mean it can't be. Go make your own one in a million thing happen, right? Um, and this is a kind of story about that, right? Is that this isn't really a unique life. This isn't a unique day just because something unique to you is happening, right? right. That's actually quite normal. A lot of people have that shit every day. Yeah, and I just wanted to make a quick shout out and say this, I think, is probably the best dub casting ever. Okay, like, I didn't. I didn't every watch. fucking voice is great. They okay. all fit the characters perfect, and um, of course, Johnny Young Bosch is in it. So, and no one told me I would have watched the dub. It's Isaiah. What? Yeah. Fucking what? I you definitely know this. I did. I couldn't have known this. We've talked about it in the past. Well, well how long do you think shit sits, sits up here? Apparently, dude? not long enough. Not that long. <laughs> it was only episode thirteen. I mean. <laughs> Okay. 80, 83, uh, 86 episodes ago. Yeah, that's on me. You're right. That's a me thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Uh, of our main core cast, I think I know the answer. Who's your favorite character? So, who do you consider the core cast? Because I love Dota Chain's group like a lot. They're the guys in the van. Oh yeah, the van gang. Yeah. yeah. Oh hell yeah, they're they're funny as shit. Um. They could be core. They could be core. I mean, yeah. So like, there's these two like like they seem younger, but it's Erica Karizawa and Walker Yuzuma. Yes, are the two like super otaku anime like hentai fans. Yes, they love all that. That's the first thing they say to Makido is like, "Oh, your name literally reminds me of like a manga MC." Yeah, they're yeah. like Ryu Gamine. That sounds like a manga MC, and they like <laughs> just like make fun of them for that essentially, or like say that's so cool, you know. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, they're obviously dope and especially like Kyohei, uh, yes. Dota Chin, whatever his real last name is. They just called him that so much that that's all that's stuck in my head. Is it Kazuka? Was, no. no. <laughs> it's D-O something. Do, do, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, Dota Chin is what we're going to call him because everyone else calls him that as like. Oh, a, Dota Chin. Oh, it's, uh, Kehoi. Yeah, Kyohei yeah, something. Kyohei something, yeah. Um, um, but he's just like. Like he's the kind of guy that he's like a a strong dude, like a badass kind of guy, sure. but like a good guy. You know? Oh yeah, he'll he was there. He was doing like basically like a talking head testimonial about his own backstory. Yeah, and then Erica comes up like, "Who are you talking to, dude?" And he just <laughs> blushes like, "Oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that." Um, but I like I guess I was being Shizu guy. Um, Shizo is basically 
Uh, uh, yeah, a uh, blonde hair, like, can't control his Shizuo. anger. Shizuo. Shizuo. Jima. Yeah, he, I really liked his story and his arc, man. Like, he, he just, he's just a guy who, kind of from a, from a narrative standpoint, he's known as, like, the toughest guy in the entire area because when he gets mad, he flips the switch, dude. Like, he'll break his own body. Yeah. But it gives him, like, basically... He unlocks the first gate from Naruto, essentially. Yeah. So he pulls limiters off his body because his brain just lets him freak out and tap into that. Um, but he can't control his anger. And he really, really doesn't want to be that guy. But he's so good at being it, he's always enlisted to be the bruiser. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I just really enjoyed... Uh, I always enjoy characters that like don't want to be violent but are just really good at that shit. Yeah. And they just kind of can't... or They're forced to resort to it. They're like typecast in the... You know exactly <laughs> and every funny. time he had this this signature calling card when he got mad he would snap his cigarette yeah. and stomp it down but he's been doing that since he was a kid lollipop crack yeah. pencil <laughs> crack and that's how you know he's gonna throw some shit he likes flipping shit he's really good yeah, at flipping he's, shit he's uh you know known to throw vending machines down city blocks and <laughs> yeah rip signs out of the ground and use them for weapons yes uh i liked him and i liked uh Simone. Um, yeah, Simon's sick because he's like this huge like Russian guy. Yeah. And right. Family and he, like refugees from America came to Russia. Yeah. And then he found his way to Japan. <laughs> what a what a wild story. I would yeah, like to wild say, ride. And his his Japanese is broken as shit. So like I don't know if they show this in the dub, but in the sub, his Japanese was like simple phrases and he couldn't really like <laughs> it was like broken English. Okay, cool. All right. It so, was fairly well done. Okay. Um, but he has multiple conversations with Isaiah in fluent Russian. Yes. And he's like actually a deep thinker, a smart guy. And man, it's just like every character has such depth, at least the ones that we like get really introduced to. And there's a couple scenes, like we're 30 minutes in, so we can kind of like get into it a little bit more. A little more. bit more meat, yeah. Um, of course, if you, if you're, have been thinking of watching this and you haven't yet make sure you go watch it um, yeah this, this is probably since 2010 arguably one of the best anime from that decade in, yeah in my opinion this uh, is in my top five all time probably wow i would say and my, it was before my top i rewatched it. yeah it was my t- it's after giving it a rewatch from a critical eye it's in my top 10 for sure um where that goes lord knows and my score i know people are gonna freak out when i give the score I'm just I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, okay, okay. So we're getting into it. The one question I kept asking is why didn't this feel rushed? How did these characters get so much depth when shows that have half that core cast don't even touch that level of like good quality exposition for your characters? I don't know what they were doing right. They just they just laid out the characters. It only took like a third of an episode per character. You really give them some good depth before they start revealing bigger shit later. But. Yeah, I think, you know, the best part about this show is because it is more slice of life, you know, just like with the supernatural twist, like you can really gain a lot of um, like information from that character just by watching them live their lives. Yeah. And the interactions, I think it helped that you had collections of people who knew each other for a long time so right. there wasn't like when 
Mikado would basically talk to Anri about something in the park, and then like Kido would be like, "Huh, I, I guess I've always liked that qual- qual aspect about him." And then you know, like, oh, he's been this way for a while, right? And you just to kind of snowball this effect and how people used to be, how they're changing without ever having to do exposition dumps, right? Um, it helps with the cast like, hi, I just met you. So I have to have a story by a fire or something to like even yeah, get it. Yeah. You, you have a lot of assumed relationships prior, which helped. I think the show. Well, was- it is the web, right? Like, yeah, each right. of these characters are connected in some way, mm-hmm. whether pa- past, present or potentially future in a lot of cases. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that that's like the, the trick to the show and why I think it didn't feel rushed is because there is that person pulling the strings in the background that we know about like midway through at least. Yeah, for sure. Like we know that this isn't all just like, you know, what you would consider kismet, just like random happenstance. Exactly. And and part of it, too, is that they gave this world as big as it basically the, the backdrop of this world was so lived in. You in the first couple episodes, you knew of the urban legends yeah. in town. You knew of the color gang shit in town. Gang, you, gang, 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 and you knew about up and comers, message boards, like just little things dropped here and there, and then boom! You now just gave this web a reason why, if they aren't connected from day one, that they can meet up anywhere in the middle, right? Um, supernatural or not, color gang. Oh. You're leading this gang? Right. Fuck. Oh, wait. You are the one that used to know this supernatural entity, but then you got involved in this gang? They can now play with right. who's doing what at any given time. So I, I wonder if the, the mangaka or the guy who wrote initially, did he have all that planned out? Or did he just give, him, give himself enough to work with? And then he's just like, because there's 13 volumes of this. Yeah, he probably planned it out because Bacchino is a similar, like, kind of mind You're teaser right. type show. Mm-hmm. Um, same guy that did that, right? And uh, I just wanted to ask, what do you think of the like chat room aspect? Because that plays a massive role. It was because it didn't just have, it became a huge narrative piece towards the end, but it was a great way for you to just have this information conversationally dis- uh, disseminated to you, right. right? You learn about everything almost from the first like six episodes with the interactions in that chat room. And it felt casual and natural. Like, Hey, did you see like this thing happened today on the street? Oh no, I was actually somewhere else, but I heard about that. Well, and, I think that's where some of the exposition came in without, right. without like beating your head over with it is like, you're getting the each character's thoughts on the situation without having to go to them and say, what are you, what do you think about this? Right. Yeah. I'm going to tell you in a back in a, in a flashback right, right. now. Yeah. Q transition. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was just like, you know, so like meticulously well done, I think, you know. Of um, course, somebody's going to hate our review of this, but. No, and, and here's the thing, right, is that I don't give a fuck about reviews anymore, man. Like, yeah. I, 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 it's all subjective. It's all subjective. We try to be as objective, but we're still the human beings watching it. Like, right. And there are people out there that have valid arguments about why this show probably sucks absolute dick like and i'd love to talk to them because yeah yeah i love to have some choice words wild. yeah some choice words come talk to you yeah yeah hit, come on through we'll see what happens um but i i once i started seeing the way that the second half was going i was worried i was worried that we were about to get a bunch of things that felt convoluted did not feel you know earned but 
I don't know. There may have been one that I felt was a little off. And that was, are we, you know, are we uh, trying to be cool with spoilers right now? I mean, we're 36 minutes in. It's, it's whole, in, almost the, a 10, 11 year old show. Uh, okay. You give it, that's enough credence for me. The whole, uh, <laughs> the whole Henri shit and her involvement in the supernatural. Yeah. I felt that was a little out of nowhere. Unless you, unless there's something I missed earlier in the show. I knew this, I knew the shit about her parents. It was fairly obvious that some shit happened. Um, yeah. But I don't know if there's any, where did that come from? Like, I, I just didn't know if they set that up at all or. So I think it was. And, and the reason I say that is Shinra's dad was the original owner of Saika. Yes. So he had the real sword. Okay. He, for some reason, offloaded it to her father. That's the that, only part okay, that, that we was, don't know. So it got into her possession. Her dad was an antique stealer. Okay. It wasn't going well. Like, so he's beating the shit out of his kid and his wife. Mm-hmm. His, her mom grabs Saika. Yeah. To kill him with it. But of course, it's a cursed blade. So what are you going to do with that? So it yeah. takes over her mind. She kills him, kills herself, and then the, the sword's just there. And it's left with but her. But of course, Henri's been closed off for the last, you know, however long of her life. Sure. Like, and, and they did a great job showing like the, the vignette closing in and showing yeah. the, like, like closing yourself off to the world. And so she must be like, susceptible to that, like to the influences of that cursed blade i mean well she was not susceptible because she has no like feelings on anything remember she's saying oh that's fucking right she's saying i have no feelings right so listening to the blade talk to me constantly doesn't bother me because i don't feel anything right and she and it was kind of just sad inadvertent result right of she just shut down in her own mind it wasn't as a response to the sword right it was just she was already there and it was just for the sword that sucked because like fuck the person I'm closest to is just not going to work right right um so maybe I almost thought that the dad was influenced by the sword but those two events were different he was already being a shithead no no, no he was just a dickhead because just, his business was bad gotcha bonafide homegrown natural dickbag yeah okay yeah, yeah. no cursed artificial flavoring at no, it. no 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 curses necessary for him yeah <laughs> organic dickbag yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. They they set it up. But yeah, and I think that's part of it. Maybe a downfall. But it, it wouldn't have been as fun if she wasn't the you know. Yeah. To that, make the three gangs be like friends and like holding these massive secrets from each other. Yes. Like that's the show, right? Yeah. Like understanding the, the, the that war and the this the Isaiah's like playing these freaking oh, fucking just played. I'm gonna ignore he's these. He's using sh- you know. Chess pieces, shoji pieces, go, and like yeah, go yeah. little go, tokens. Go it's like, what is this guy doing? He's literally playing in a different dimension than yeah. everybody else. And she's like, what was, what is like, Naime basically walks in and be like, what are the rules of this game? Yeah. And it's like, no, don't even worry about it. There like, aren't you, rules. There aren't rules. You wouldn't even fucking understand it if I told you. Um, but yeah, like, he was tactfully ignoring calls because he knew, like, nope, not time yet. Yeah. Just like, he literally everything. He is true galaxy brain. Yeah, like, I mean... He's example of galaxy brain. He's, right, an info, like, he's an info... He fights with information. That's what he does. And, he, well... He's also a really good fighter, too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's a supernatural in his own right, yeah. which, of course, is just weird. But it's, it's like a question of... Um, he's just, like, running experiments on people, right? Like, originally yeah. with that girl uh, who kills her... Or is about to kill herself because he, like, basically says... You know, he's like, 
basically catfishes her online. Yeah, yeah. This and, the- and basically says like, oh, we should just, you know, get back at our parents and you know kill ourselves and all this stuff right it really he really spoke right to her right right yeah he because he, he's a master manipulator of course yeah. but he just like speaks directly to her and it's like you know that'll show him that'll teach him like to to mess with it's us kind of stuff exactly which is like you know plays her like a fiddle but that's just like such a you know and, human emotion i think people have right and i think it's got to be, you know, caught, like the same type of thing that happens all the time. Exactly. And then, and then our supernatural aspect comes in to save her from that situation. And then she comes back and she's like, you know what? Everyone has secrets. Yeah. And, and that's what's beautiful about the show and like just genius is they start us off with that. That's like episode two talking about everyone's yep. secrets mm-hmm. and then we find out our main characters have ridiculous this, secrets. They all have crazy secrets and the, and, and the, them holding them from each other is the reason that it all spins insanely out of control like how how close everyone played everything to the chest right because they're all playing the same game they're just all involved in their own shit and i don't know i liked i liked isaiah's introduction because that really put i don't know if, if he felt like an analog for the audience in a small way because isaiah definitely had he definitely had secrets, but he also like he knew about as much as we did. He just played the the information better. We knew what he knew, but he just played everything better. I don't know because he had that girl kidnapped. He had that girl saved. He had that girl brought to him. He's like, you said you wanted to die, but then hesitated when you were going to die, but then accepted your fate. And now you're here mm-hmm. not wanting to die. It's all an experiment. It's all a game to him and i can't tell if he elevated himself outside of everything while still being involved that was part of it everyone seemed to have a secret what was his i don't know i view him as like laurent in a lot of ways he's he's the you know master manipulator con man yeah gets everyone to do exactly what they want at what he wants like 50 steps ahead of time like super intricate plans great yeah um you know I think he was involved in the story and, and that's the only reason that like when, when he says like, Oh, I love when they just do something that I'd never expect. Right. Like Simon came out of nowhere and knocked his shit out. He's just like, fuck, that was sick. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that was what, why, why I think I consider him in my own brain different than everyone else where he's like, I am excited He's breaking the fourth wall, I think, a little bit there. He's kind of meta-commentating. Like, I, before it all happens, I love when people do things that I do not expect. Yeah. That is the mantra of the show. Like, because everything's going to happen in a way that the audience doesn't expect it. Even if you're paying attention, listening to Isaiah tell you there's shit that's going to excite you if you are kind of, like, resonating with what I'm saying right now. So, again, I... He's not an analog for the audience per se, but he is meta commentating in a sort of way of this story, both for its future and its present. So I, I, I maybe wouldn't personally lump him in with our core cast, even though he's a big player. He just I mean, seems he outside. makes literally everything happen. I know so he it's does hard to like not put him there. I would say, you know, what's cool about him is he's, he's like set the stage for whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But he's made it like very high pressure, right? And, for and sure. He just like kept trying to get everyone like 
more and more pissed off to the point where something would break and he'd get to like enjoy whatever happens. Like, yeah, he, he had it tidily in a very chaotic scenario. Exactly. Yes. Just bloody beautiful. Just bloody beautiful. Some other character stuff. Senji's sister definitely had like a weird brother complex, right? You know, I'm not. I really don't know what's going on with Shaji and Naomi or whatever her name Na- is. Naomi or something like that. Yeah. Honestly, the two of the worst characters in the show. Thank you for agreeing with that. Um, that especially Seiji. Like, he falls in love with the head, essentially. Yeah. And then... And then, I don't know. Like, I just I wasn't a fan of his character whatsoever. Because he didn't really make a lot of... Like, I wasn't even a fan of Mika Harima or whatever her name was either. She She was... She was the catalyst for a lot of stuff in the early game. Yeah. Her missing is what got people kind of scheming. Um, but I guess that's kind of the fault of the of the writer's sake because if you're going to have literally a void of a character we have yet to meet, be so important. But her absence doesn't let us get all the other shit yeah. for all the other characters, right? We don't have anything. It's but true. when everyone finds her as important as we find everyone else, it doesn't feel the audience has no link to her outside of the characters that give a shit, right? right? Um, and then you're like, wait, she was important enough that someone had wanted to kill her? And then, like, she's the, she's the centerpiece to a lot of shit where I didn't give a shit about her. Yeah. Right? Not at all. So maybe, maybe, my, maybe one gripe, but, you know, in a show this numerous in both plot lines, characters, events, you're going to have a slip up here or there. What are you going to do, right? And it's, I, I'm nitpicking even at that point. Yeah, I think, at least from what I remember, Namie or whatever plays a much larger role in, in X2. Okay. Um, As Isaiah's assistant, she does a lot more stuff. Yeah, because she, she moved up in different position in the second half of this season, right? Well, so she, I don't remember why this happened, but her business got, you know, blown up, essentially, was and that, she was taken out of yeah, uh, yeah. Y- Yagiri Pharmaceuticals, Pharmaceuticals or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so she was like out of the work and like essentially after that dollars, the first dollars meeting, she was basically just like screwed. Yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah. And she's fucked. Like felt like there was a hit out on her because she thought dollars were going to kill her or something like that. And so she bails to go to Isaiah and work as his personal assistant. Essentially, I wonder if we can trace. There's probably a big brain play Isaiah did to make, her find her way to working for him because they already had a connection prior and i think he saw potential in her being close no no no. he just wanted the head that's true then that that's the reason right yeah Yeah, yeah. that's right i I thought there was something more if if she's bigger in x2 i assume there's something more but if it's just the head it's just the head right i mean i'm not gonna spoil x2 but okay i i I have not seen it's very important okay um so anyway the what I loved, um, I, I just wanted to mention this since you just brought it up. Sure. That, that first dollars meeting. Oh my God, that was tense as fuck. You see this entire like plaza square and we only see a couple faces, mm-hmm. you know, and then the rest of the place is just all, you know, all the other people are like shadows, you know, faceless entities. They do a good job past. visually. They Everyone else is not important, Scray. Right. Yeah. And then when there's this 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 message that goes out from Mikado, 
all the color comes back to the world. You see everyone's face and you're like, wow. Yeah. This transparent gang isn't so transparent. Exactly. And they do such a good job with that because you think it's kind of an aesthetic choice to make the people who are important in a crowd stand out by making everyone those kind of like monochrome figures. But they took it a step further by the second the message goes out, they all become important. So they're all are no longer gray. And it's almost like, they thought, you know, all these random people are the other, like they're not involved in the situation. Sure. Right. Namie and her people. And then, you know, flip the switch. Just kidding. We're all, you're the other. That's why y'all are highlighted because we're all going to be looking directly at you. There are scenes in other works of fiction that do this. So John Wick's a good example when basically everyone in the city wants to kill him when the hits out. Nowhere feels safe. I got a glimmer of that in that dollars meeting. Right. Because you suddenly went from in control to, oh, shit, in like the send of a message. Yeah. Just, and man, I, Mikado, that went that one threw me for a fucking loop, man. I, I didn't I don't I don't I didn't remember that detail. I was like, I wow, I forgot this happened entirely that he was the he was heading heading all this shit up. So. Well, so. I, I think it, it was it was a great, great move because it shows like I think what happens in real life quite quite honestly a lot is like people get bored and then they just like create things or they'll just like Right. Like, I think it's like a easy parallel to like idle minds of humanity, right? Oh yeah. Because because you you showed or they showed Masaomi left, and then he gets a computer and he's like, ah, screw it, let's just make this little group and then the group grows and grows and grows. And I think it's just, you know, it was like, it's hard to really like put word, put into words what it like. The phenomenon of just kind of organic yeah, growth organic of a thing. Growth, exactly. Organic growth of a thing that. Originally. Yes. And then fucking Isaiah gets a hold of it and he, he goes ham. He goes ham on it. So, I mean, it is something that, uh, you know, when, when the snowball effect happens and you only started something for shits and giggles and then something turns into this actual phenomena that now seems almost bigger than you right that that is a very human event right that's what meme is it's a social movement in any form be it picture be it video be it you know lyrics or whatever a meme a meme fucking planking was a meme and that was an action a dumb one owling yeah owling perching on random shit me and uh cold did like an entire night of random uh, planking on random shit in his neighborhood when it was as you do, built. as you do, yeah, that's <laughs> what you planking on on bushes, yeah, <laughs> planking on heavy machinery. But can but no one can. I, I I know you could if you did a little internet research, but it's really hard at at that point to where was the first plank, right? Yeah, because it grew bigger than just that first thing. This is the it's dollars like is that bucket challenge too. Like who did the first one? Who freaking knows? right? But everyone was doing it, yeah. and that was kind of. The, that's the Harlem what, Shake. That was one that was wild. Harlem Shake was, I liked it. it I liked cool. it a lot. Um, there's some really good ones out there. Uh, I I like it. Um, so organics, organic growth amongst human, uh, you know, collectives of people is what can turn some kid with a computer into someone who can send a message and just cause chaos right yeah it's it that was probably my favorite kind of switch them up 
twist because it makes perfect sense. It's four years of time. I mean, shit. After he moves away, like I'm gonna well, do. It. I think there's that, but I think it also like kind of shows us like the interconnectedness of humanity as information technology has really grown, right? Yeah. Right. Like he he can. There was a scenes near the end where they were looking for Henri, and he basically had like a thousand people looking out for her and helping like get her away from the yellow scarves, and it's just like you know shit like that would not be possible even you know, I guess at this point it was 2010, 20 years prior to that. Yeah, exactly. You don't have texting, you don't have, you know, chat rooms on phones and... Exactly. And here, and this is this is another big thing about the show that I love, the theme of the power of information, like we right. were just saying. But this is a show that I want to tell some of our more verbal fans that we do get to interact with in our Discord, which you can join for a dollar and up on our Patreon, by the way. Um, what you can do with a story when you don't have everything on screen. There are people that we have talked to that because it wasn't on screen, it didn't exist as far as I'm concerned. This show is that. It's the stuff that isn't on screen and happening behind the scenes is what's as important, if not more important than what you're seeing visually. So some people probably will think that Drara is a cheaply told story because things feel convolutedly added or switcheroo or stuff like that. But if you're watching, it's all, it is all there in front of you, just not yeah. visually, right? But it's all there. Well, sometimes it is visually there. It's just hard to see. You have to be like fully engaged. Yeah. Like, like I noticed Dodachin was at that final meeting with the yellow scarves. Yes. Well, I, I wouldn't have noticed it if I didn't have a second. I don't think I noticed it the first time for sure. I don't think I did either, yeah. but I did notice him and I'm like, aha. So one of these crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, that I I really enjoyed. I got a lost a little bit lost here and there because those are the ones I watched on the plane. When like we're in the thick of like the the gang war near the end, I was definitely like the guy next to me. I was just kind of like put my putting my phone down. I was hoping he was like an old guy. Uh, he was probably right around the age where if he had kids, he might have seen them watching anime. So he might know what it is, but definitely old enough to like, what the fuck is this kid watching over here? Like upper 50s? Sure. Like dad, uh, dad's age. Okay. How's that? Yeah. So what's this newfangled show you're watching while there's just like people getting fucking sliced and diced like, sorry, dude. <laughs> you want to watch Falcon Winter Soldier with me? <laughs> <laughs> I can put on the dust subtitles for that, sir. <laughs> Yeah, get drinks, please. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just keep them coming, actually. This yeah, is, just keep it just, rolling. This is just get awkward. Okay. Um, I know we said ratings are bullshit. Any last words before we give the numbers? Um, I don't know. There's just some like fun little trivia stuff in there, right? What you got? Like the the password to the dollars website is Bacano. Yes, which and, is and, his previous work, and uh, all the movie posters. That and that one scene where they showed uh, Kasuka, or they call him like Yai or something like his stage name, the actor. Oh, yeah, Heiwajima's little brother. Heiwajima's little brother. Yeah, I think his real name was Kasuka, but um, Bak- Bakugo or Bakano. Wow, I was thinking Bungo Stray Dogs. Don't just don't at me right now. I'm chilling. Um, <laughs> they were all works by Brainspace. Really? Where all the posters were works, except for his in narratively in the show. Okay. But the rest yeah, of them were, yeah. I noticed Bakugo and uh, a couple others that are in the brain space really? works list. Yeah. Huh. So there's, again, 
it's it's kind of like a more wholesome version of what God of High School had with webtoons and Crunchyroll like advertised on the bottom. I was going to say Dora Hetero. Remember there was a couple of shops called Mappa something. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah, and all the like all the, the quick little like nods, you know, the little homages. Great Pretender all of the yes. manholes had Mappa on it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, if you're a studio and you're out here just banging out bangers like yes, get, queen. yes give <laughs> slay a little, give yourself some credit. Put Put your poster on the movie boards, whatever. I just love those little homages to themselves. And as you sh- as you should. I mean, there are there are definitely anime that will stick other characters in yeah. their own shows as kind of like an homage. Just like if you're gonna make background characters anyway, like put some sneaky shit in there. Why not? Goku in there? Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's I like that It'd one. Be hilarious for like Luffy to just walk by and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Oh man, I kind of wish I'd see that though. Like just like some like, random dude in a straw hat, and you're like, or no, there's just a bunch of businessmen, black suit, black ties, then an orange gi and spiky hair. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, he's just going to work. So I guess he's got Saiyan armor on now, freaking <laughs> just guy in a blue freaking jumpsuit. But yeah, the show applauds the attentive viewer. You will still have a good time if you're not the most attentive viewer. Like I know some people like to do things in the middle of watching, but if you got some time. And you really want to watch the anime that's going to give you the old thinkies, give you the old wrinkles. Give this one a try. Rating time. Oh, God. Okay, so I'm doing two systems from now on because, you know, we get so much I think, shit for I think you US and I, system. I think you and I, our heads are in the same spot. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, well. Mine is wild. Mine, I gotta, maybe I have to give that one score allow myself to say how much subjectivity went into it i'm doing three systems right now what the fuck <laughs> okay my first system is for bob man it is a one out of ten terrible show you'll hate it <laughs> number two is my mouse score which is 10 out of 10 masterpiece <laughs> and then my uh Weebology score, score is okay. a 99 whoa you're gonna give this one a 99 a 99 I you, you, you did you did say this is a top five for you so okay I, like there's like almost zero negatives to the show i think the ambiance is a unbelievable like yes. probably the best out of any show the soundtrack unbelievable the dub casting like the best ever um the story super fun super interesting very engaging and then I loved all the characters. Yeah, honestly. Except for Seiji and Naomi. I mean, that's like really it. Yeah. And maybe Mika just because yeah. there's no on screen time for that. Right. Well, she um, also just doesn't exist. She doesn't really exist. So knowing I'm predicating this one, I gave Jobless a 90, I think one. That was completely influenced by my own hype and an Isekai cuckboy. Like, I, that is a score that is dripping in subjectivity and. I couldn't remove my own hype from that. Okay. This is a 93 subjective. Flat, oh my god. Flat. If I, I love it. If I were if I were to add any of my flavoring onto this, it would put it maybe down like a 91. It wasn't necessarily my genre forte. It's not like what I would go for if someone were to tell it. To me. I just had this show and I've watched it before, so I kind of knew. Um but objectively 93. This show is amazing. There is no way around it. The, you, you will feel things. It'll make the jaw drop. It's got fantastic animation when it has to. And yeah, again, I, from a character standpoint, it is mind-blowing that they can have so many and the percentage of likable or better is absurdly high. Right. So I, 
yeah, like like I said, I'll, uh, best part, it's on Netflix. It's this on is so, Netflix. So accessible. Yes, and Hulu, and like I literally just like typed it in my apps, and I just happened to hit Hulu first. It's on Hulu. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how I watched it. Um, but yeah, so I got, I got my friend who like barely watches anime to watch the show, and he also thinks it's a fucking masterpiece. So I, that should tell you something. I, well, it's I good for all ages. It really is. I mean, there's there's some titty. There's some titty there somewhere. I, I think the, I didn't mean all ages. I meant all types of all walks of life. <laughs> all walks of life. It's one of those. But yeah, I know people. The astute listener would have been like, "Hey, wait a minute! You gave you, you gave jobless a, a score that was super close to Drara." I understand. I I stand for that show, and I will die on that hill. But I recognize that that score was just covered in subjectivity. There will be shows that I'll rank super high, like yep, because I like it. I know this is probably a that's seventy-five. Exactly the point of these. Yeah, rankings. that's what these rankings are for. It's our ranking, but I think objectively ninety-three, like just. And you, it, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to hear what everyone's got to say because I'm sure there's going to be some negatives, and I, I we're we're always here for the negatives. Yeah, of yeah, course, I yeah. want to hear what you think, but I'm just like I genuinely like I'm very critical of shows, like even shows I love. I'll like talk about some negatives, but there just really aren't any here for me. So right. I want to know what could be holding people's scores back from that perfect ten out of ten on Mal. Yeah, and <laughs> on Mal, right? Well, and, I think Mal's scoring system is just a joke. It's an I'm absolute sorry. joke. And but. The, that being said, it's in the eight club. It's like an eight two. So that's yeah, pretty yeah. again, that's pretty damn good for Mal. So I think that's close to like, you know, brotherhood. Yeah, no, it, it's up there, man. Um but yeah, let us know. We we do love to hear kind of dissenting or uh conflicting arguments with like our conclusions we have on the show. If you if you come with a case, I'll probably see your logic, unless it's way out there, like and I love discussing I'll that stuff with your logic. Yeah, of course. But that's the whole point. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a talk because we're all academic boys and gals at the end of the day, fam. That's what we do. We so break it true. down. We break it down and we reconstruct it, analyze it, optimize, synergize, <laughs> butterflies. I don't know. Did this just become a morning stand up? Yes, it has. It totally has. Um, but you know what? Thanks y'all for coming to this class about high fucking art. Um, if you would like to uh, watch with your eyes and your ears coming over to youtube i totally for last week i was swamped i'm gonna get both the videos from last week and this one out very soon um one of those with your ears and not your eyes go to apple or spotify or anything in between leave us a five-star review and a written one on apple helps us pop up on everyone else's anime stuff and give us a like comment and maybe a subscription on the youtube's we have an insanely special episode next week for our hundredth episode. We do, and I special am, special. Guest. I didn't even put the hundredth and the special guest together, but that is so hype. I know. Oh, this guest is going to be a good one. The topic's going to be even better. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. A for topic this. near and dear to my heart. <laughs> yes, and a topic that has Ethan literally frothing at the mouth to talk about. He is so ready. Um, all the other links. I'm, I got to shrink these down a little bit so you guys aren't just sitting through a bunch of fucking <laughs> plugs at the end. But Instagram, at Webology Podcast, memes on memes and news and sometimes giveaways. Email WebologyPodcast at gmail.com. You know, I just realized we could just say check the description. It's in every description. It is in every, in every description. All right. This is great, guys. From 100 onward, we're, we're slimming down. We're slimming down the plugs. Oh, I like it. I like well, it. Yeah. So this could be the last big plug section would do. But uh, yeah, I literally just realized. Yeah, we probably it took us 100 episodes to figure that one out. But Oops. here we are. But yeah, and Twitter, WeBallGP, we post there sometimes. If you want to give us some monetary love, only if you can, patreon.com slash WeBallG. 
yes, I think I, I, I need I need to sit down and just fucking do the website. I, that's on me, dude. I, I'm I'm slacking. I genuinely don't think it'll take you very long. No, no, it won't. I just haven't sat down and done it. Like I did a little bit of it, but not a lot of it. We are paying for it currently, so we are paying for the domain. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but we Fair. did get Webology.com. Bagged it, tagged it. It's ours. Ripped it. Ripped it. Um, Ripped it and shipped it, boys. <laughs> uh, but we will get that, that out soon. One dollar and up gets you into our Discord with all of our past guests and the current Patreon folk. And three and up gets you the syllabus sidebar, our lo-fi, high vibe, sometimes anime, sometimes not, podcast, or we just rip shit. Just talk about whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we riff it. We riff it. Yeah. I think next one, if we do it, we should do some more prices wrong. Wrong, bitch. Yeah, prices wrong. Uh, but until we go guessing random ass prices on random ass internet shit, I'm Ricky. And I'm Ethan. And this has been Webology. I do this. I just realized that the hundred best facts would be so many things lined up. I am absolute. Absolutely.